Welcome back, casuals, to the episode five of the Jeb Board podcast. This is Grayson Applin back in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank God I am done traveling here for the next month because I'm going to be back in Mobile in October. So uh, for now, I'm in Atlanta. Um, alongside me is our resident cheese brain, Kyle Oberhart, our lumberjack, Nick Noah. Yep. And the Bounty Gate was just a way for them to play harder, Caleb Naylor. Um, obviously, we are missing someone from the podcast this week. Um, our uh, very own Brandon Black could not be with us um, after witnessing what happened in the South Alabama and Central Michigan game <laughs> this past week. Um, he told me the other day that he needed to take a, quote, um, mental health break from seeing sh- football so with that being said bb will not be on the episode he sent in his information and for picks and things so we'll keep that accurate but uh we wish him the best on his um grippy sock vacation so i think also seeing a picture of a dear friend standing in the stands at the south alabama homecoming game in an alabama jersey just kind of sent him a little over the edge and never felt the same since yeah, yeah, I know he. I w- know he went to a nice mental mental institution at the beach, so he's probably halfway into the Gulf by now. Just like thinking about life, like it's like one of those um, what is it? The uh, sensory deprivation chambers. He's made his <laughs> own in like three miles off the coast into the Gulf of Mexico. Except he's been underwater for thirty six hours. <laughs> uh, over yeah. under. Over under on BB sobriety. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> bad! I've over the limit to drive, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got to say, I feel bad for the families that try to go enjoy the sun and the beach, and BB's blocking ninety-eight percent of it. <laughs> He's just screaming out, "These jags are so ass!" <laughs> one damn good season. I just one... <laughs> we're we're seven and five. <laughs> kids have no idea what he's talking about. JMD's going to beat the shit out of us. <laughs> yep. um, mommy, why is that man yelling about a Chippewa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but he's doing that thing where, like, one of his eyes is slurring. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait the, for the pictures. I can't oh, wait man, for the selfies that he sends into the group message. <laughs> He's one of those people that the parents tell the kids to stay away from. So yeah. that's where we're at. Don't talk to that man, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, since we've gotten that out of the way, let's uh, let's go into our first segment. Let's go into fantasy football. We are adding fantasy football in again this week. Uh, I know we had it off last week, but uh, adding it back in. Um, but the first thing we want to talk about is there was a very um, interesting trade made in our uh, in our fantasy football league this past week. Um, Kyle being on what some people would consider the um, shit end of the stick on this uh, on this trade. So, Kyle, if you want to explain uh, explain the trade and kind of uh, what your reasoning was behind it. Okay, so make this clear i scored the most points in our fantasy this league no, so don't. everyone hater no I i'm about to. you i'm about to i got one more player okay anyways. What's, the player? what's the player it is the guy kieran Kure- williams you can't even with say the, his name Kyron. is it Kyron? 
Kyron Williams. All right, continue. Well, so, okay, someone had to be a BB this week, so screw y'all. Okay, anyways, I <laughs> traded Cup, and I did it, and I don't care who knows it. I believe he is going to be injured again, and I believe I got a good return on him. I got uh, Ford for the Browns with Chubb injured. Now he's, I believe he's going to be the guy, and he proved to be decent this week. He had two TDs. Uh, you know, a little bit low on the Russian, but those two DDs helped me. And uh, then I also got got uh, Goodwin, who's also already got two points for tonight. Godwin. I think Godwin, but I think I think I think it's a good trade. I we don't know Cup's going to stay healthy, and he's let me let me put it like this, guys. I've already got 22 more points than Cup would have gave me this week anyways. It's not Baby. the fact that you traded away Cup. It's what you got. You could have gotten I, more. I think I got a good return. I really do. I think Ford is going to be the guy in the Browns. I I think he's going to produce over 18 points a game. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um. Wow. Uh, he it's is just touchdown reliant. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, uh, he if he he doesn't score points if he doesn't score a touchdown and he's not going to score a touchdown every week. But Nick, no one, even Hunt didn't move the ball in the rushing. That was a bad rushing game for everybody on both sides of the ball. I believe he is going to start producing. I think I got a good trade on him. I think he's the number one running back for the Browns now, and they're a run heavy team. So Kyle. I understand that you're riding pretty high considering the week that Jerome Ford had. And honestly, if Chris Godwin has a good week this week, I well, sorry, if Chris Godwin has a good game tonight, then you'll probably be riding a little bit higher. But just so you know, the long-term value of Cooper Cup, especially if you could have gotten someone better for him in a trade, making that trade this week and making off with a lot of points with the players you traded for, doesn't make you a genius. It makes you the smartest man with brain damage. <laughs> but l- listen, Cup isn't going to have as many receptions as usual. They have that new hot receiver that's going off right now without Cup. Because I don't. Cup's not there. Yeah, but he's not going to have the same production that he usually has. They're going to still target that other guy a lot when it comes false. back. Uh, I don't think that's false. Here's I, I, the he's thing. Gonna, here's the he's... thing. In my opinion, and this is simply that. Um, Cup is he? I feel like his IR, him getting put on IR, had a little bit more to do with the performance of the team than the actual injury. And now that they're winning and they actually show promise, he's going to come out here because they've already said he's ready week five. He's going to come out and he's going to become the number one. I mean, I don't care how good Puka is going to do. They're they're not going to sit Cup behind him he's going to get the most targets puke is going to drop off a little bit and cup is going to be again another you know consistent top 10 receiver each week let me ask y'all let me in the honest opinion do y'all trust his health through the end of the season do you trust his health yes. i do yes especially now that he has puka nakua to like kind of take a couple of the catches off of him he's not got the whole he doesn't have the whole offense on his shoulder so it's just like with Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was always getting hurt when he was at the Panthers because he was their entire offense. Last year, Cooper Cup was their entire offense. 
he's not their entire offense this year. So, you know, the risk of re-injury is not near as high as it would have been last year. So this is where I'm coming. I did not have a lot of running backs. I did not have a good running back team. I picked up Ford, and this is my belief that he's now the running back number one for the Browns. Godwin is a good backup receiver for bye weeks that I can place him in for my other receivers. And you sold cup for them. Yes, I think Ford is going to produce. I think he, as the season goes on, I think he'll start producing Chubb numbers. And I really do. As someone that has drafted Chris Godwin from year to year from 2019, Chris Godwin is a dog. Like, love Chris Godwin. But let me just say, the thing that the crux of having Chris Godwin is Mike Evans. It's it, you really can't predict it. They siphon so many catches from each other in a season, you can't predict it. So, with Cooper Cup, you can go into any game expecting him to have a breakout performance. That's why so many people drafted him so high, considering that you know he was injured going into the season. People people didn't pick him up in the last round. I still think Ford is going to start producing 18-plus points a game. I think he stays with that consistency. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I do. I, I think – I still think it's a good trade. We'll know within... our uh, hot takes um, somewhere, Grayson, because we should probably put that on there. I wish we did. Yeah. I could find them somewhere. Um, we'll have them by next week. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, move, moving on, moving on um, – We'll go into our best and worst matchups for everybody for the week. Um, so I guess, Kyle, since uh, you had the first uh, talking point about your trade, go ahead and lead us off with your best and worst matchups of the week. Yeah, I got uh, Justin Herbert against the Raiders. Um, I'm going to say it right now. Raiders are going to be playing down old Jimmy's hurt. He's out this week, concussion. I think that carries over to the defense as well. Herbert came out last game absolutely bald was a dog i think he's gonna come back and he's still gonna be a dog so justin another uh 29 to 30 point game for him again um worse green bay's defense detroit coming in hot i mean that that's all i can say on it joe burry i've said it multiple times please get fired and i'll never stop saying it um caleb what you got for your best and worst so my best, I'm going to have to go with the guy that's been solid for me week to week, and that's Tyreek Hill, especially after he was part of an offense that just hung 70 points on their opponent yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, I'd be I'd be Kyle if I picked anyone else on my roster. Um, so with uh, so with um, uh, my worst, I got to go with my running back, uh, Mixon. So you know. Tennessee Titans run defense is pretty stout. Um, the Bengals have just not been productive enough for me to trust that matchup at, to any measure. So, you know, I got to say Joe Mixon's going to be my worst matchup as I see it. I just don't see him really raking in any points. In fact, I see him shut down. So, really? I just, yeah, I just heard Foster clapping a little bit somewhere yeah. <laughs> over there. There's and, a, there, uh, was a, there was a bear roar from uh, Nashville. Uh, when that was said, tighten up. So, uh, Nick, what you got? Yeah, uh, my best matchup is Kenneth Walker the third. Um, Kenneth Walker the third, um, obviously had the injury last year, 
Um, but before that, he was putting up monster numbers. Um, and he is uh, very quietly um, all of a sudden putting up 30. Um, Kenneth Walker, he's he started out the first game. He had 16 touches for no touchdowns. Second week, he had 18 touches, two touchdowns. This week, he had 21 touches for uh, two touchdowns. Um, and you're seeing the Seahawks offense really get him involved more um as he's becoming more and more healthy and he's getting more touches and he's scoring and so um i think uh i think kenneth walker the third is going to have a really big game um and then etn um is my worst matchup um etn he is a great running back for yards and for some receptions with you know yards after catch <clears throat> Um, the problem with ETN is he doesn't score many touchdowns. He's got one on the season, and yes, it's early. They've only played three games, but last year he only scored five touchdowns. Um, I know he was hurt for some of that, but ETN, um, he had 43 touches in the red zone last year. Hmm. Um, he only scored three of those, three touchdowns in 43 attempts in the red zone. He was fifth amongst all running backs for the amount of touches um, he had in the red zone, but he averaged eight touchdowns less than all the other running backs. And so they're going up against Atlanta, who the only thing that they have really shown is that they can, you know, defend the run a little bit. And so I think with his yards going down a little bit, he could have a rough week. Um, I don't have the confidence to sit him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he still has produced based on yards without even scoring, but um, he, he's probably looking like my worst matchup for my starters. Yeah, um, and another thing, too, you have to factor in consideration that, you know, it may not be a factor. It may have just been like a one-off thing, but uh, Tank Bigsby at Jacksonville got him a touchdown this year. Exactly. He's siphoning those goal line and those inside the 10 runs now. So He's a big back. Exactly. He's a big back. He's a power back. I mean, he can, he can pick up those – you know, second goal, third and goal from the three-yard line, five-yard line, whatever it is. So, well, I guess that gets to me. Um, my best uh, or my best matchup of the week this week is going to be Keenan Allen versus Las Vegas. I don't know if you guys saw what Keenan Allen did this past week, but it was insane. It was so insane that he had his own passing touchdown. Like, let me give me one second to pull it up. It's actually right here. 18 receptions for 215 yards. No receiving touchdown, but a passing touchdown. The man had 45.46 points against Minnesota. So I think that's going to translate straight into Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is hurting. The only thing I. Caleb referenced it last week. One of the best things that they have going for him is Max Crosby. But if he gets double teamed every game because the other members of the defensive line can't do anything, then Justin Herbert is going to have a field day and Keenan Allen is going to be his number one target like it has been for the past three years. And another thing to your point, Grayson, Mike Williams out with injury. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, so they, they may double Keenan Allen, but I don't think it's going to matter. Um, moving into my worst matchup. So I have an asterisk uh, beside this one because he's questionable right now. But even if he does come back, um, OBJ versus Cleveland, I think, is going to be non-existent. Um, he's been 
lackluster this year, you know, came back. There's a lot of hype, him joining Lamar in Baltimore. Um, me and Nick talked about it Sunday. He's went from that elusive route running back that can get open, but he's put on weight. He's bulked up. You know, he's turned into that, almost that deep play, go up and get it guy. But so far that hasn't really worked. And Cleveland in the past, these past couple weeks have just played slug fests of games. And so I don't, I think it's going to be more of the same, but I don't think OBJ is going to produce at all. Like he may have two receptions. I don't, I don't think he's going to do well at all. Um, so that will go into our, uh, week four MVPs. Um, Caleb, I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be a similar name to, uh, your best matchup of the week, but who do you have for your week four MVP? Let me just say it's, his first initial is T, and his last name is Hill, and it ain't Jason yep. Hill. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I know with, with this particular segment, we're not restricted to our own team, but Tyree Kill has just been astounding. Like, I, I, I'm glad I have him on my team, but, you know, I think Nick said it, uh, Nick said it a few weeks back, is when you're a defensive back, you just cannot beat him. Like he is, he's just too damn fast. So I think, you know, Tyree Kill, again, is just going to be my MVP. I won't get back into the reasons for why it was my best matchup, but, you know. Um, all right. Uh, let's go. Nick, who, who do you have for uh, your yeah. MVP? I, uh, I also went with one of my players. Um, but I didn't put it against with my best matchup because there's a mm-hmm. little bit of a difference. Um, I went Devonte Adams. Um, mm-hmm. Devonte Adams had a huge game um, against the Steelers. He had 13 catches, 172 touchdowns, or ooh, 172 yards um, with two touchdowns. <laughs> um, and so he really like, and they still lost. So that's the thing. Um, he had an interview today and he was, he was, you know, he was really pissed off and he was explaining like, you know, there's no way as a player, can I allow this team to get this low, like have such a slow start. It's not in my player mentality. Um, so he's pissed. Yeah. Um, and so I think he's going to play angry and he's playing the chargers. And as much as I love the chargers, they are the 32 ranked pass defense um mm-hmm. and so uh yeah i think Devonte adams is about to have another game where he's going to be you know 15 possible touches i mean at least 15 targets yeah or, you know that close to 150 couple touchdown mark um so yeah i could see him having a, a really big game yeah. you think he still produces that much with uh jimmy g out yes I, who is, I don't think it matters who the that, yeah, that is the target. Yeah, yeah I was about to say Adams is one of those receivers that makes average quarterbacks look astounding. Yeah, I mean he he did with uh he did with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Kyle, who do, who do you have? Um, give me DeAndre Swift. He's playing against uh Washington football team next week, and uh, no offense to our good friend Justin Martin. Uh. Washington football team got exposed. And let me tell you, De- DeAndre Swift is going to keep exposing them. He has come into his own this season. He's already running pretty dang good in tonight's game. And I think it's going to continue to next week. I don't think Washington football team is going to be able to stop him at all. 
big yards and congrats to I believe it's Bradley yeah. that has him. So <laughs> Well, uh hopefully he doesn't run uh too well tonight, um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um so I guess with my with my week four MVP, I mean, I kind of went with uh, went with what I know. I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Um, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's had a stellar season so far. The feature back, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Elijah Mitchell is the number two running back, but he's Debo. Debo is the number yeah, two that, running that's, back. That's, 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 <laughs> Elijah, Elijah Mitchell is listed number two on the depth chart, but they have Debo Samuel in the backfield more than him. But Debo can also is going to be on the majority of the time on the outside making plays. So he's just in there to basically give McCaffrey a rest when he needs mm-hmm. it. And like so, and, and the dude's yards after the catch. Just I mean, he runs like a running back as soon as he touches the ball, no matter where he's at on the field. Yep. So, but uh, that being said, though, I mean, I I mean Arizona got him a good win this week, but said before, there's several problems in Arizona right now. And I think they're still trying to figure that out. And I think Christian McCaffrey is just going to run away with this. We can have another stellar week. So um, moving on, I guess we'll move in straight into the NFL. Um, obviously, we're recording right now uh, for the last game of the week for uh, this week in the NFL. The my, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles are playing right now. So uh, if anybody – uh, hears me go on mute and sees me moving a lot. It's because uh, the Buccaneers have went up. So, um, but we're going to go back into our divisional breakdown. We skipped last week. We're going to go into the divisional breakdown this week, and we are going to break down the AFC East. Uh, just for everybody that needs a reminder, the AFC East is the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. So, um, just re- uh, I guess briefly, uh, Nick, um, give me your breakdown on what you're expecting to see and what kind of what, what we've already seen and what you're led to believe from the AFC East. Too good, too bad. There's there's two good teams and two bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, New England and the Jets. Um, the Jets are, once again, kind of the same spot as last year. Um, they're quarterback away, and their offense is struggling for it. I would not be surprised if they end up going with um, – Hell, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is, technically their third string, um, to try and produce some kind of offense because Garrett Wilson's too good of a player to not get him touches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got uh, Patriots. They, they've got a defense that can keep them in games, but uh, I don't trust that receiving core and I don't trust uh, Mac Jones. Um, and so, yeah, I think they're, they're bottom middle. Um, and then between that, it's Buffalo or Miami. And Miami's hot, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean Buffalo kind of pulled a Kansas City um, and kind of said, "Hey, we're we're not gone either." Um, yeah. Against you know because say what you will, the the football team Washington they were again a quiet two and zero, and then they came out against the Bills and the Bills said, "We're still here," and so uh, it's a two man race, but uh, that's kind of what I got. Yeah. Uh, Caleb? Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to try not to echo a lot of the points that Nick uh, put in there, but I, I have them in the same order. I think, honestly, with Miami and Buffalo, they're neck and neck to me right now, but they're definitely top tier of the AFC East. Um, I would say 
you know, rounding up at the bottom, definitely Jets. And um, to Nick's point of not knowing the backup quarterback, there's a lot of buzz around the Jets right now saying that they're looking outside of the organization to actually pull in a more seasoned quarterback. So will that be Andy Dalton? Will they do something crazy? Carson pull- Wentz is the big name that's yeah, coming Carson up right Wentz now. Yeah, Carson Wentz is being yeah. circulated around. A lot, of people are, a lot of people I, are even he's saying... He's been contacted by the team. I think Carson Wentz has been contacted about the team or he's he's made it known that he like would be interested in playing. And so has Matt Ryan. So, I think uh, the, the, the wildest scenario I can see is them taking, uh, taking advantage of this whole, you know, this being the last year on Kirk Cousins' contract and snagging Cousins. But don't see the Vikings letting that happen, but that's also a name that's been thrown out there. I think that's the wildest possibility, though. Um, but, yeah, Jets are in dire straits. Um, uh, New England, again, won't try to tag up on stuff that Nick's already said. Good enough defense, but the offense has too many questions. Buffalo, you know, that Washington game, Buffalo is flying around. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they've definitely showed that they might may have gotten their loss out of the way early, um, and they're they're trying to go on a run. And I think we're going to learn the most about the NFC East uh, this upcoming week when the Buffalo Bills play the Dolphins. We're going to see a lot AFC of it shape East. up. And, the AFC East. AFC East. Sorry, my bad. Um, but um, Miami, yeah, they hung up seventy points, but it was the Broncos. You know, so it's not like they were playing. You know, I would say it's they were playing one of the bottom tiers of the. In, bottom tier teams of the entire league. So yeah, it's an accomplishment. I'm not taking away from it. We saw history be made, but you know, I, that game isn't enough for me to say that Buffalo's out of contention. They got a great offense, but we got to see them get tested all around. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, what do you have to add? Yeah. um, I'm going to say it. Jets, if they get a quarterback, you got three top teams there right now. And that I, I think that would make them the hardest division if the Jets can go find a quarterback. If they will, we'll see. Um, it's going to be hard with the salaries that are already out there. You know, like, hey, can you come play? I think Carson would be the easiest one. I think he'd come for cheap. I think he wants to get back. I think he'd do anything to get back kind of thing. So I could see him coming. Um, but once they find that QB, they're right back up there with the Bills and the Dolphins again. Um, they got the defense. I mean, they, they've showed it multiple times. It's hard to score on the Jets. So if they got the defense, get you a quarterback. I hope – how long do you think Belichick's been um, coaching? When did the NFL start? So somewhere around there. Um, <laughs> you think after so many years he'd say, you know what, I'm going to go get me some receivers. But he has never done that. And I guess he thinks, you know, Mac Jones is a – White QB, just like Tom Brady was a white QB. That's that's good. That's good. That's close enough. Maybe this year he'll draft some QBs after, but in, uh, receivers after. But until he does that, they're going to be at the bottom of that league. Uh, Dolphins, God, they look amazing. Great offense. Tariq Hill, balling. Tua, balling. Tua stays healthy from his uh, passing the concussions. I think they win that division. I don't think the Bills' defense is good enough to stop. Miami's uh, offense, which we'll get into that a little bit later. But as of now, I think the Dolphins are on top of that division because of how fast their offense is. I mean, 70 points on any NFL team, impressive. Yeah. And, I mean, just just for me to round it out, um, 
I mean, I, I, I'm not just going to beat a dead horse here. The Patriots are not good. Patriots are not a good team. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, like, you know, this is exposing Bill Belichick as an average uh, coach and Tom Brady being a great player. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but right now it's that's what it's kind of showing. Um, so I think they will round out the bottom of the division. I think the Jets come in third. I think the Jets end up finding someone. I think they'll end up signing someone. Who it is, I don't know. But they'll sign someone, and they will – now that Rodgers is hurt and the whole this whole scenario, scenario has happened, I think they've narrowly missed the playoffs now. Um, I know I was saying that they would probably win the division when Rodgers was there, but I don't think anybody was expecting him to tear his Achilles four plays in. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough stretch for them, especially when they get the divisional play. I mean, they technically did. They played the Patriots and they lost to the Patriots this week. So um, I I think the Jets are like I said, they're going to miss out on the playoffs this year. The Bills have kind of shut me up a little bit. You know, I said that Josh Allen was on the decline, but so far they've played really well. Um, I mean, like I said, they beat a quiet commander's team by, what, almost 30 points, over 30 points. So I can't really fault them there. Um, but I will say the the Dolphins are just an exciting team to watch. They are – they have fully embraced the, like, all gas, no brakes on offense. And they're a fun team to watch. I think every I, I would near about say every game that they play when they play a top ten team is going to be a shootout. Like the 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 take take the over on those games because I don't think the, I don't think the Dolphins really are worried about defense. I think they're just I think they're so content with how their offense is. I think they're going to be able to like they're they're going to go into game saying hey. We may let up 28 points, but we're going to score 45. So, um, so yeah, like I said, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be Dolphins, Bills, Jets, and Patriots. So, um, and that kind of leads into our highlights too. I know a big highlight for us, uh, which I mean, this is the main highlight that we have, is the Miami Dolphins offense. I know we talked about talked about it earlier. I think Caleb may have mentioned the score, but they beat the Broncos 70 to 20. I mean, you had guys coming out the woodworks scoring touchdowns. Tua had what four touchdowns? The backup quarterback wasn't the backup quarterback Mike White. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He had a touchdown. Raheem Mostert had four. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all a chain. Yeah, H. Yeah. So they they just had an insane game this past week. Yeah, yeah. Their backup running back had fifty one points in fantasy. Insane. Insane. And um, what's yeah. really cool um, to hear too is, you know, unlike sports science, when they record players' uh, speeds um, and, you know, they reach 22 miles an hour, the six fastest, like the top six speeds that have been recorded in the NFL this season, all six were from the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. And another one, another one, and like we'll just touch on this momentarily, but, uh, I mean, Keenan Allen's week this past week, again, like you can't, you can't go without saying that was a highlight with 18 receptions for over 200 yards and then being able to get a pass and touchdown too. like dude just played out of his mind. And it was a 49 so, yard bomb. It, it wasn't just, you know, he threw a screen for a touchdown. He threw a 49 yard trick play pass that was on the money dog. Right. Dog. Um, so, and then that leads into our low lights. Um, 
Denver, everybody thought Sean Payton was going to be the answer, and uh, I think he, I think he has more questions now about that team. Yeah, you know, Grayson, it's funny. He left Russell Wilson in that game mm-hmm. when they were down. That shows how much he does not like Russell Wilson. He does not want him as a starter, and I think that's front office telling Sean like you're going to play him. And Sean's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want to play him. So I'm going to make him play even in the worst until y'all say I don't have to play him anymore. Yep. I think I think there there's a little bit of merit to that. I do think to some regard Sean Payton has been saddled with Russell Wilson more so than Sean Payton is thankful to have Russell Wilson. Um, however, I do think there is a morale aspect to that. If you're getting long, if you're getting beat up on that badly, and you pull out your your starting quarterback, especially when it's Russell Wilson, how you ever hope that he engenders any sort of a leadership environment in there? Like, how, what does that say to the locker room about, okay, how do we see Russ? Like, do we see Russ as a leader, or is he just uh, the golden boy that is better than all of us or more important than all of us? Let's ride. Well, but th- that's ride. the thing. Well, that's the thing, too, is that, you know, they've had – I wouldn't say they've had some – uh like beef together but you know sean payton did make a comment to russell wilson he's like stop acting like you're kissing babies mm-hmm. yeah. you know you're not there for the pr we're, we're here to win a football game and you're going around and you know t- signing people's foreheads and kissing babies like dude like get get back to where you were with the seahawks let's go win some games yeah um another another uh low light that we have is Poor old Las Vegas, and I like honestly, like I, I almost put Devonte Adams as the low light, but he's not the low light. He's, I, I think what Nick said last, said something about another topic last week. He's the highlight of the low light because mm-hmm. he's like he's going out and he's performing. I watched the game last night, and the, I mean, near about every single pass was going to him. Like it was insane. But it's just they're not. They have nothing else. Jacoby Myers did okay. But Josh Jacobs, Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but Josh Jacobs isn't really performing up to par uh, no. at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, he. Let me see. I don't think he scored a touchdown yet. Uh, no. And he has 108 yards through three games with very little receptions. Um, and to add on to your Devontae Adams, he had 20 targets last night. Yeah. And another another thing is too is like. Uh, I know I mentioned it previously, so I won't go into much detail about it. But like, I don't, I don't think their defense is like stellar either. Like they had Max Crosby, but again, if they have no one else that can get to the to the quarterback on the rush, then they're just going to double Max Crosby every single time, and like he can't do anything. He can't show out and be a star because nobody else is giving him the ability to. And their best corner is Marcus Peters, who should have retired three years ago. Basically, Patrick Peterson, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. and then one more, uh, one more low light that we didn't have on here, but I thought about it at the start of the podcast. Um, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think we can go through this week without talking about the zero and three Minnesota Vikings with what they have so far. Because sh- I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Kirk Cousins is not playing bad statistically. No. He's not playing bad. Well, what it's Addison, Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins show, and that's it. That is mm-hmm. it. That is the they whole team. That's a three man team. Zero rushing game. Zero. Zero. Alexander yep. Madison D- has completely disappointed everybody in the NFL. Yeah. You know, because 
there were weeks back when Cook was there where Madison would just ball out if Cook were injured. But yeah. but Madison has not showed any potential all season long. Defense is a joke. They have no pass defense. It, it's bad. Um, and they should have won that game. Did y'all uh, did y'all see the time management skills on the three yard line to lose that game? I was thirty five. Okay, so I'll, I'll break it. Thirty five seconds left. They all line up, and they're all the whole line standing up, looking at Kirk Cousins, just kind of twiddling their thumbs. And Kirk's yelling at them to get down. Let's go. Let's go. Twenty two seconds to get a playoff. Led to an interception. Jesus. Um, and just for reference, uh, with Alexander Madison. First game, he had 34 yards rushing on 11 attempts. Second game, he had eight attempts for 28 yards. Third uh, game, he had 93 yards uh, yesterday against the Chargers. Um, And he has reception yards. He's had three receptions, three receptions, and five receptions for 10 yards, 11 yards, and 32 yards. The only touchdown he's had this year so far was game one for a receiving touchdown. So that poses the question I saw on Twitter the other day. Do the um do the Vikings think about blowing it up? I I don't think so. No, I I don't think so. I think you know, cuz here's the thing, there is no award for being the best 0 and 3 team in the NFL by any means. But they they got tools. They just need to really they I don't know how you salvage it. Uh, granted, I think their biggest saving grace is that we're still so early in the season. Um, so oh. there's a lot of time to see if they're able to figure it out. But it, it's frustrating to see a quarterback play so well, and it just uh, it never it never amount to anything. And Justin Jefferson is one of the most exciting receivers in the game. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I think, think I don't think they blow it up though. I don't think. I they think blow it up. going off that point, you got to look at the draft class this year coming up. Um, if you if you blow it up, you lose Kirk Cousins. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, so you got to look at the QBs coming in. And honestly, if you don't get C.J. Williams, you mean Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams, who uh, who who are you going to go for? I don't know. I guess we'll. I guess we'll find out at the end of the year this year, huh? Yeah, I. Yeah, I think it's a bad move to blow it up, though. Not a yeah. good strong QB draft class coming up. Well, I guess that will. Uh, I guess that'll take us into our game predictions. Um, reading off the records real quick. Um, we are yet to be determined on the Philly and Tampa Bay game. So right now we are missing one game, but so far. The records are Kyle is at five and nine. Uh, Caleb is at seven and seven. BB's at eight and six. Uh, I'm at nine and five, and Nick is at eleven and three. And really quick, I'm going to read off uh, BB's um, uh, BB's picks for this week. That way, we can just go ahead and get through them, and we can keep it consistent. Um, our games are Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, Miami versus Buffalo. Baltimore versus Cleveland, um, the Rams versus the Colts, and then Atlanta versus Jacksonville. Uh, BB picked Tampa Bay against New Orleans. He picked Miami versus Buffalo. He picked Cleveland versus Baltimore. He picked the Colts versus the Rams. And then for his Atlanta pick, he uh, said, rise the fuck up. So I'm assuming he's picking the Falcons. So with that being said... Kyle, start us off. Let's go. Uh, let's go through your picks, all of them. 
Yeah, so um, I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. I believe if Derek Carr was not hurt, New Orleans would win this game. I just I don't trust Winston. I don't see it. No offense, Caleb, but give me Tampa Bay. I think Baker's going to not dominate, but I think he's going to put up enough points where Jameis Winston's ain't going to be able to keep up. So, you know, give me about a 24 to 14 victory over there. Um, going to Miami and Buffalo, man, it's going to be a great game. Um, I've probably the game of the year so far. Miami's offense, I think it's just going to be too much for Buffalo. They have a great defense, don't get me wrong, but man, Miami's just looking. They're averaging 43 points a game right now. Well, they scored 70, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's four, fair, but add those other two games in. Anyways, so I, I just think it's too much. Uh, give me Miami in that one. Baltimore and Cleveland. Baltimore bounces back. Lamar had a bad game. Just bad all around. I think they come back, and I think they beat Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's coming off a really strong win, but I don't trust Watson to have two good games in a row. So give me Lamar and Baltimore. Um, then you got the Rams versus the Colts. Man, I, I'll keep saying this. Minshew deserves to be a starter somewhere. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be starting next game. I think Richardson's coming back, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. Give me the Rams with that. Stafford's looking good. I think they're going to come in there and continue their momentum and win that game. And last pick, man, Jacksonville Jaguars have kind of let us down this year. And they are not looking good. Oh, Trevor Lawrence, they better figure something out. But give me Atlanta. Uh, I hate saying it, but B.J. Robinson, I think, is going to have a great game. Atlanta beats Jacksonville. Uh, Nick, what about your picks? Yeah. Um, first, I think Tampa Bay beats New Orleans, whether they have Derek Carr, whether they have Taysom Hill, whether they have Jabu. Um, I don't think it matters. Um, I think Tampa Bay is just more of a complete team. Um between the receivers, between Rashad White. I think Rashad White will have a pretty big team uh, game. And then New Orleans, um, again, like we keep talking about their offense, but they're just I, – I still feel like they're underwhelming um, in my opinion. Um, Miami-Buffalo, I think uh, I was the only one that took Buffalo. Um, you know, yes, they scored 70. Um but at that point, I mean, it was very obvious, like Denver was not tackling. So many of those touchdowns came from these long runs that were just broken tackles. And it was best seen by A-Chain. Um, it's not me saying that I don't believe in Miami, but I, I don't think we look too much into the 70-point you know, performance. Um, I still think they have one of the top offenses, but Buffalo just, uh, like I said kind of previously, um, Buffalo kind of said, we're, we're not gone. Um, they have a much better defense than Denver. They have a much better offense than Denver. Um, and Miami only beat the chargers by three. And I think, I still think the chargers are a very good team. It's sitting at one and two, but, uh, I think if, you know, if they can keep it close, I think Buffalo finds a way to win it, especially, you know, being at home, um, Bill's mafia is, you know, a great, you know, fan base that truly does give an edge to their team. So I, I take Buffalo, um, Baltimore, Cleveland. Um, I sat on this one for a little bit before I finally made my choice. Uh, I went with Baltimore. Um, 
Cleveland's defense is the, I mean, that's why they're winning these games. Um, I don't think it's because of Deshaun Watson, um, but they played the Titans. So um, I think Baltimore kind of wakes up after their, you know, loss to Indianapolis. Um, And so when it comes to that, I think they have a bounce back game um, and their defense will be, um, I think it's going to be a slugfest though. Um, I think Justin Tucker, which, you know, it's very rare for you to say a kicker will give you an edge in a game, but I, I truly do think Justin Tucker will give them an edge to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rams and Colts. Um, Colts had a very, very emotional win um, in overtime that, you know, almost went to a tie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the Rams are just too much and I can't stay on the Colts train for too long. Um, and then Atlanta Jacksonville. Yes, Jacksonville had a really bad game against the Titan or not the Titans, the Texans. And I'm not going to take anything away from the Texans. Um, but like the Jacksonville, like Jaguar still showed promise in that game because they would try and score to keep it close. And then there would be a fluke play like the the fullback taking the, you know, touchdown back for 98 yards for a kickoff. Like That doesn't normally happen. Um, and I think, uh, I think Jacksonville will get some confidence back this week. And I mean, again, like they've lost to the chiefs and they lost to the, again, Texans off of, I would say somewhat of a fluke. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think Jacksonville bounces back against, uh, Atlanta just because again, Atlanta just does not show me much promise at all. And so I think Jacksonville takes that. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, you can go ahead and go if you would leave that Tampa Bay versus New Orleans game for last, please. Sounds good. All right, I'll save New Orleans because I'll save New Orleans and Tampa Bay for the end because I know Grayson will have some words to say. Absolutely. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully nothing too hateful. Um, Mm, We'll see. (laughs) So starting off with Miami and Buffalo, I actually, in addition to Nick, I actually have Buffalo too. At one point I was thinking about Miami but changed it to Buffalo because – you know, they looked really good against Washington. I think Washington was a pretty stout defense. You know, it, stout to make a statement about the Bills' offense rather than, you know, be an indictment, like the a, an indictment against the Broncos' defense like Miami was. So I'm, I'm taking Buffalo in that one. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think the Buffalo defense is able to – make a few stops that give Buffalo the opportunity to get ahead. Not by much, but to get ahead. Um, going on to Baltimore and Cleveland, I'm not going to beat a dead horse and repeat everything everyone's already said. I'm going to pick Baltimore in that one. Um, for Los Angeles Rams and Indianapolis Colts, I'm taking the Rams. I I think, you know, the, the Indy bus has uh, been running strong, and I think it's got a ways to go this season. But for this one, I think they're going to have to make a – pit stop um i think balt i think uh the rams really kind of lay it to them on this one um for atlanta and jacksonville i actually have atlanta um i think atlanta is uh going on a bit of a roll um i don't think that they're going to be able to sustain it the entire season but i think that jacksonville is going to have their hands full especially with b john robinson um they really need Desmond Ritter to figure it out because if Desmond Ritter would, if, if he would, could just play better, if he could just be a better quarterback, a more accurate passer, God Falcons would be scary. 
Um, but for this one, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're able to run the ball enough, uh, run it efficiently and get the win against the Jaguars. And they're going to be able to dink and dunk to move the chains. So man, I miss <laughs> Derek Carr. I miss him already. So I did not prepare a promo this week. Why? I brought my, I brought my faith. I have my faith. My faith is strong in the Saints. So, Derek Carr missing is definitely a headache. Um, Buccaneers have been super, super tough on uh, defense when it comes to rushing. I'm not a, I'm not aware of how they're doing right now, but uh, if they're performing like they have the past couple of games, they haven't allowed more than 67 yards in a single game. And Alvin Kamara is coming back, so maybe that makes a difference. But, you know, I, I don't think the Saints win this on the ground. I think Jameis Winston surprises everyone. Um, he doesn't have the best track record. You know, me being a Saints fan, a longtime Saints fan, I've seen that firsthand. But he's been a part of that offense for, you know, the whole in the entirety of the past two years. He's been a part of it. He knows it. He's familiar with it. I know Grayson is licking his chops right now because he's got a bunch of pent-up hatred towards Jameis. Um, when it comes to – so one thing I do want to talk about – is how stupid some Saints fans are by saying, oh, they don't need to play Jameis, all just bagging and hating on Jameis and saying put in Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is not an effective passer. And, you know, he's a gadget player. I will admit that. I love Taysom Hill. The man's a unit. But we're I really don't see a way that the Saints win this on the ground. And Taysom Hill is going to be a tool on the ground. And if, if they try to play him – every down, down to down, he's going to end up a broken tool. So I think Jameis does enough to make it happen. Um, we got a bunch of playmakers on the team. I was really disappointed to see Carr go down because they were starting to get that offense to click a lot more than they have in the past games because they kind of, you know, started late in a lot of these games. But I'm just going to let Grayson get to it because I think I could see Baines popping right now. Uh, so go right ahead. I'm picking New Orleans, man. Do you remember where Jameis Winston was before New Orleans? Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, he was at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when we drafted him in 2013. And he was abysmal. Abysmal. 30 for 30. 30 for 30. He threw 30 touchdowns, but threw, also threw 30 interceptions. He's like the guy that was the playmaker that we always talk about that could win games, but he also was losing games at the same time. How is that even possible? 30 for 30. Are you watching this game right now, Caleb? No. They're in a dog fight. They're in a dog. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a dog fight with Philly right now. There is. Is it three to three now? Did, they, did, we, did we hit the field goal? You did. Three to three in the second quarter right now against arguably the best team in, in football. Bunch of dogs. Well, this week, the Saints lost to the Sh Packers, sorry, Kyle, you caught us straight there. They lost a heartbreaker of a game. Derek Carr could have been a factor, but at the end of the day, who who came who came in who came in for the Saints? I was on the way home. Who came, who came in for the Saints? Was James it Taysom Winston. Hill? Jabu Jabu came in. Jabu came in and lost them the game. And guess what he's going to do next week? He's going to start the game and lose them the game. Tampa Bay is going to win by two touchdowns at least, and they're going to have they're going to have at least 
375 yards passing. Godwin is opening. 370 yards, 375 yards passing. 375 yards passing. Evans is going to do what Evans does. Chris Godwin is opening up right now. Rashad White's catching several balls out of the backfield right now. Their running game is the the bubble screen or the out to the flat. That's it. I'm, I'm not worried about running the ball. But Baker Mayfield is playing like Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. Okay? He's going to plant this. Let's see. And we play in New Orleans, too. I hope he puts a Tampa Bay flag on the Florida Lee in the, what is it, the Superdome or the, the Tokyo Dome or whatever it is that are down there? Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the Caesars uh, Pizza Dome or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Buccaneers by two touchdowns. Pizza, pizza. Hmm. Um, just to our listeners, by the way, everyone that's went on a rant about their team winning this year are 0-2. So uh, just to keep that in mind. <laughs> that's why I'm staying quiet. <laughs> didn't take that into consideration. And, and, and you also didn't consider the fact that Kyle picked the books. Mm. Mm. Yeah, reverse not. psychology last week. <laughs> it is now not looking good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nope. Um, <laughs> moving on um, from my pedestal, uh, I, Miami and Buffalo, I, again, like I said earlier, I think this game is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be very similar to the Chargers game. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but I think Miami's going to outscore them. Uh, not knocking the Bills, I think the Bills are. Uh, I mean, I would I would near, it's arguable to say that they're a top three team in the AFC right now. Um, so which the AFC right now, besides what the Dolphins, the Bills, and I mean, who else? I mean, the, the AFC seems like it's pretty wide open, mm-hmm. unless I'm missing anybody right off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this is literally like a playoff matchup. Like this, this could potentially be an AFC championship game if the, the seeding goes right. So, but give me Miami, um, Baltimore and Cleveland. I think this is going to be a traditional AFC North game. I think it's going to be ugly. I don't think it's going to be fun to watch. I think there's going to be several turnovers just because, I mean, I think the defenses are going to play well, but. I think it's going to be a very ugly game, and I think Cleveland's going to win just because Cleveland does well in ugly games. So um, the Rams and the Colts, I've got faith in Matthew Stafford now. Like, he's he's playing like the Matthew Stafford of old before he got hurt. It, like, hadn't missed a beat. Super Bowl so, Matt Stafford. Super Bowl Matt Stafford. So I think he's utilizing his targets well. I think the offense, I think McVay has adjusted it to, you know, being able to use what they've got, and I think they're doing it well. So give me the Rams, the Colts, man. I think huh, the Colts, AR-15, or Anthony Richardson, or AR-5 now, I guess. Um, he, was, he was good for the Colts. I agree. I think Gardner Minshew was the best backup in the NFL and he could absolutely play anywhere. Uh, like honestly, they could use him at, at the, the Raiders right now, or I mean, arguably the it or the Jets yeah. or the bears. The Jets. The, the God, Broncos. the bears. Could he play at the Broncos? Who's who knows? Um, so, but yeah, give me, give me the Rams. And then finally wrapping it up. Uh, this is more of a spite pick against BB. I'm going to, I'm going with Jacksonville. Uh, number one for the spike pick, but number two, I still got to stand by the hot take of them having a fourteen and th- or thirteen and four, fourteen and three record, whatever it was, um, and being the best team in the AFC. So, 
I have to stick to my guns on that one, and I will die on that shield. So, but all right, we're done with NFL. Let us now move into college football. And like we talked about last week, week three of college football or week four, whatever we want to call it, um, had some big games. And those games did not disappoint. Um, so much that we had to pick three games of the week this week. Um, first one, Florida State Clemson. Second one, Ohio State and Notre Dame. And the third one was Arkansas and LSU. So if um, – I was on the road. I was coming on the way back from Savannah. So if somebody wants to take away Florida State and Clemson right quick that actually like paid attention to the game, go ahead, uh, Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. Clemson dominated. They should have won that game. That was da- uh, Dabo Sweeney losing that game. Going to say it right now. Um, Florida State looked like the worser team. And honestly, that last-minute field goal lost Clemson the game, obviously. Clemson, better team. Great game. Great game. But, God, man, that is some ugly offense (laughs) in that game. I'm not going to lie. That was a defensive game. Bad coaching. Great game, though. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, was it? it, I disagree. uh, Dabo did not lose that game. Oh, Uh, yeah. Their walk-on kicker. Um, missed a what was it? A, it was barely thirty yards. Uh, and that would have put them up in overtime. And so, yeah, no. You don't think their offensive play calling lost in that game, Nick? Because Florida State was horrible on defense. But they they uh, Klubnik uh had that turnover when he got rocked um for the sack, and it was just, uh that strip sack for a touchdown. Um. No, I, I I don't put all the blame on Dabo. I, I definitely think he uh, some of the play calling was questionable, but uh, again, if that kicker makes the field goal, um, probability goes up by seventy percent that you know Clemson wins yeah. that game. I would say there's an old saying that you don't trust a backup walk on uh, kicker to win a game. So uh, yeah, where'd you is hear that, that? Is that an old saying? I, I, I think that's on Twitter or something. I don't know. All right, X, my bad. Sorry, Elon, don't sue me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good saying. Don't trust a walk-on kicker to win a game. Alabama, trust uh, scholarship players to win kickfield. So, uh, hold on. What, what, what was it? Kyle, I got to write that down. Don't trust. Yeah, go check out the Jetboard podcast uh, merch. We have T-shirts now for uh, Worcester and for uh, don't trust a backup <laughs> Or, or walk on, walk, no. whatever. It's a backup walk on kicker walk on to win the game. Wait, it's a backup oh. walk on kicker. Damn, yes. I wrote it, wrote it down wrong. I wrote "Don't trust Kyle." <laughs> so, so the, from what I'm hearing, we have two tenets of college football on this uh, podcast now. One is don't trust a backup walk on kicker to win you a game, and the second one is players that transfer from bigger schools to smaller schools suck, and they've just completely <laughs> given up. Yep, that was bad. I, I remember that one pretty clearly. <laughs> um, but okay, so I, I was able to watch the Ohio State and Notre Dame game, and that was um, that was a pretty like hard hitting like nasty good football. It was old good. school football it, game. Football. Yeah, like it, it's one of those games. It's like it wasn't a shootout. You're not expecting the team to score every play. Like it was. 
it was one of those um it was a mental game it was not sloppy though the the score does not reflect it was not just bad offenses it was truly two good defenses going at it yeah but 10 10 players two plays in a row to win the game and you have 10 players two plays in a row that is what are you doing after a timeout after a timeout 10 players on the field yeah and it was that was brutal i mean that was brutal but like i said that you can't take away the actual game i mean no winning winning literally the only thing that would have made that game better would have been if they somehow blocked the extra point and took it and would have it would have what like tied the game or won the game overtime yep (laughs) and overtime because i even said that i even said that before like uh, i was like yeah, I was like, they have to kind of kick this extra point because if they muff it and like they're able to run it back, they'll tie the game. And everybody just kind of looked at me and was like, it was like, it was like, like if you called the like the kick six, everybody just kind of turned their head and like, you just speak that into existence. I was like, <laughs> I guess we're about to find out. Um, and then the last game, uh, Arkansas and LSU. Like, was anybody anybody able to put yes. optics on that game? Yes. Um, I will fully take back everything i've said um about kj jefferson um poor guy um yeah he had a touch um he had a touchdown called back and it's just i mean he's a kind of a good player um he's kind of like a fat cam newton um but like he's got a very strong yeah yeah pretty much um but worse but he did have a really good game um and he he was throwing some great balls but uh but yeah he had several called back and when you're playing for a you know a team like arkansas yeah you're you're bound to be ass so um but lsu still uh it came down to a field goal last second field goal um Jaden Daniels I mean man um Jaden Daniels looks good he he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in SEC um he's not running nearly as much and that showed in the game he still runs to get you know your first downs off third downs but he's extending more plays and uh you know what Malik Neighbors uh he 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 was having just another great game um so yeah i mean it it really was uh came down to a field goal which i did not expect i expected it to be a blowout but the arkansas crowd came out too so they they definitely were making some noise um that affected some of the some of the plays but uh again i think it was 37 34 with the last second field goal yeah well y'all just see that y'all see my dog throw his his toy at me and hit me in the hand and i caught it (laughs) (laughs) he's wanting to no 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 I was about to say, put me on ESPN top 10. Well, that kind of leads us into our um, uh, player of the week, um, Cameron Ward. Caleb, who does who does Cameron Ward play for? The Washington State Cougars. Okay. And uh, who did um, the Washington State Cougars play this past week? Oregon State Beavers. Mm-hmm. And what was the uh, outcome of that game? Washington State Molly Wap the Beavers. Good. Okay, just uh, had to clarify that. Um, Cameron Ward, he went 28 for 34 with 404 yards and a t- and four touchdowns. He also had 14 rushing yards, but he also had a touchdown with that. He accounted for every single one of Washington State's touchdowns. This dude is good. 
Dog. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't. Were they an air raid team? Okay. There we go. <laughs> because you well, know they they balanced out a lot of runs in that game. I will say this: whoever they beat this year feels a lot better about that loss now. <laughs> God, well, good I for you. I, I can't wait to put air raid on a t-shirt too. <laughs> Uh, no, but he balled, man. I mean, what a game. And the reality is, too, I know it ended up only being a three-point game, but Washington State was up 21 points going into the fourth. And they do this every game. When they're up big, they kind of just say, well, we're going to win, and they stop trying. Mm-hmm. But don't let that score fool you. This dude came out, and he led his team to a dominant performance. I mean, it, it shouldn't have even been this close, honestly. Yeah. Well, since we're out of Player of the Week, uh, we will get, move into our uh, game predictions for this week for college football. Uh, still had some a good slate of games. All right, so just going over our uh, records here for college football so far, um, BB, uh, I'm going to say this as he can't defend himself, he is at an abysmal 9-12. and 12. Um, Kyle is doing a little bit better. At least he's at 500 now. He's at 11-10. and 10. Um, Caleb is at 13 and eight. I am at 16 and five and Nick is at 17 and four. So our games this week are Florida versus Kentucky, LSU at Ole Miss, Utah at Oregon state, Notre Dame coming off that loss against Ohio state at Duke and then South Carolina versus Tennessee. So, uh, let's go game by game here. Let's start with Kyle. Kyle, who do you have for Florida and Kentucky? (sighs) I hate saying it, but Florida's going to win this. Um, Mertz is playing great. Graham Mertz. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing great, man. Um, I'm I'm glad to see it. Wish he would have done it at Wisconsin. Didn't. But he's playing great at Florida. Um, I think it's going to carry on to the Kentucky game. I think they win that kind of easily, actually. All right. Well, who do you have, Caleb? So I think it's going to be I, – I got UF, too. I'm, I'm picking with Kyle. God dang it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, Florida has been playing at a pretty good level. I think we're going to see an old-fashioned SEC slugfest. I don't think it's going to be a big – there's not going to be a um, – just one team run away with it, like or Florida run away with it. I think it's going to be really damn close, and Trevor Etienne's going to have a really damn good game again, just like he did against Tennessee. So I'm picking Florida. All right, uh, Nick, who you got? All right, <laughs> Graham Mertz is. He did not win that game against Tennessee, and that that's their big win. Um, I called that game um, because it was night in the swamp and Tennessee looked underwhelming, not because, you know, Florida is just almighty God. This game is at, uh, I believe, 11 a.m. Um, at Kroger Field. So the Wildcats, they always have these weird SEC East upsets and it always happens in early in the morning, broad daylight, at home. You know who sucks playing away? Florida. 
So yeah, Kentucky and again, Kentucky is gonna they're gonna start out five and zero. Again, they're my sleeper in the East. Um, yeah, I, I'm big on Kentucky. They have a great defense. Um, Leary's kind of getting it together, and so yeah, I, I, I still take Kentucky. I'm not confident in Florida to beat beat them at Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you got to think the best uh, the best three teams in the SEC East right now are Florida. No, I'm sorry, not Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, and Missouri. Those are your best three teams in the SEC. You're only undefeated teams left in the SEC. That's what I'm saying. That statistically speaking, those are your best three teams. So obviously that's going to shake up later on in the season. But I mean, I'm riding high on Kentucky, man. I think I think they'll beat Florida. Uh, basically, from what Nick said, I don't. Florida doesn't play well. I think Florida is so volatile that they can beat teams like Tennessee, but then they'll, you know play a game against, uh, I think, who, who was the team I said last week? Reginald's Barbershop. So, um, yeah, so I think – California I think Polytechnical for the quali- quadriplegic? Yeah, that – yeah, or that one. <laughs> for the qualified. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take Kentucky in this one. Um, okay, moving on to LSU and Ole Miss. Um, let's start with Nick this time. Who you got? Yeah, give me a LSU. Um, Ole Miss tried. And Ole, Ole Miss against Bama, um, you know, their play calling just did not make sense towards the end. There was no sense of urgency. They did not look good. Um, and does anybody know if LSU is at home on this one? Uh, it's it's in, uh, Oxford. in Oxford. It's in Oxford? Okay. It's in Oxford. Um, so LSU still wins. Um LSU is just a complete team right now um, and getting these victories on the road with Mississippi state, then with Arkansas. I mean, they're kind of on a roll beating people at home. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, laying up just 10 Jackson dart did not look great. Um, and, you know, Judkins who had such a great freshman year, looks ass this year i mean he makes those highlight you know one to two highlight plays a game and then you look and it's like oh he's got 20 yards rushing um i i just don't think old miss is nearly as good as what they have been last year even um so yeah i, I take lsu all right uh kyle yeah i'm actually gonna take uh old miss on this one i'm a dart fan i like him i ain't gonna sit here and lie i think you're smart to go for dart but I don't trust Brian Kelly. I think he is my least favorite coach in SEC. I think I just – I don't ever trust him in big games. Um, and I think that's been proven. Uh, I mean, you can even look at this year. He couldn't beat Florida State. In fact, he got his ass whooped by Florida State. Uh, going to Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss rebounds. I think Lane Kiffin gets his teams ready. I It's going to be a shootout. I don't think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think we're going to have a high – offensive matchup here and i think Ole miss squeaks it out all right uh caleb yeah um well this whole pick is a wash because kyle just picked Ole miss so we, we all know <laughs> lsu's winning this one now but uh for this one you know I, i'm picking the team that's got the, what i think is the better quarterback the better running back the better receiver and it's not even close like i i think uh Jaden daniels is far better uh jackson dart you know if he wanted a chance to really show how important he can be, um, I think uh, 
I think uh, he had his opportunity against Alabama, against a very weakened Alabama team, I might add. Um, and I think Ole Miss, this is not a very good team we're looking at, com- you know, compared to what we've seen in years past. Uh, we're not back in the Hugh Freeze days for Ole Miss. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm picking LSU. I'm not going to bring up everything that Nick just said, but I, I think uh, LSU's got the weapons to get it done in Oxford. Um, can't stand Brian Kelly. Can't stand LSU. But they beat the Rebels. Yeah. And just a, I think I think this past week against Arkansas was kind of a, a wake-up call for LSU. Um, like, you know, we've we've got we've got some stuff to fix. We beat Arkansas, who's seems down this year. Arkansas does seem like they're on a little bit of a skid. So I think that um, I think they bounce back. I think they find their rhythm. I think they fix what they need to at practice. Not fix all their problems, but they fix what they need to to beat higher caliber teams. And Jalen Hurts just threw an interception. Buccaneers ball. Sorry. Um. And hey, so you're I'm, you're uh, ahead of me by 20 seconds. So could you? Call oh, me sorry, a bit? sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, LSU wins. Uh, next game, Utah versus Oregon State. Um, let's start. Let's see. We started with Nick. Let's go with Caleb this time. Utah. Hmm. You don't want to pick Oregon State this week? Nah. Screw them. <laughs> hmm. Go yeah. figure. Those stupid beavers. Beavers such a dumb animal. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Utah. Coming to uh, my senses. Um, I did like the way Oregon State was flying around, but like Kyle said, the only reason that game was close at the end is because the Washington State Cougars they took their foot off the gas. Um, it's not because Oregon State is a good football team. Um, but Utah has played far better opponents. Um, I was hoping that. Oregon State's uh, lackluster, uh, lackluster couple first games. Uh, you know, as far as the competition they played, I was hoping that would give them an opportunity to be pretty fresh, uh, fresh and well rested, and you know, have a really good game plan for uh, Washington State. And they definitely didn't. Utah has beaten Florida, which you know we've seen. Florida is a capable team um, at, after that Tennessee game. So, yeah, uh, forget those dumb beavers. Uh, Nick. Yeah. Um, Utah. Um, Utah. See, last week I thought Cameron rising because there were several reports that he was coming back and was healthy, and so obviously I picked up. Uh, or I said I picked Utah last week against UCLA. Um, they still won again without um Cam rising. And I think their defense is still just able to do enough. I don't see Oregon State's offense there um, to beat Utah. And, you know, they, they've they managed on offense all year so far without Cam Rising. So at this point, I don't know if he's back this week, but I, I just don't think it matters. Um, and so we'll, uh, we'll kind of go from there. Buccaneers fumbled. <laughs> 20 seconds, guys. Come on. <laughs> Baker's uh, back. Um, yeah, he, so well, it was Rashad, it was White. Rashad oh, White. Okay, well, that's Kyle, what I Kyle. get for not having the game on for bandwidth reasons. So, yeah, good. <laughs> I hope I hope they bench him. Sorry. Anyways, um, so yeah, guys, I'm going Oregon State. I feel like I'm one of the only ones that watches the Pac-12 kind of religiously in this group. But um, Utah to me has 
gotten worse each game since the Florida game. They have progressively gotten worse and worse and worse. UCL is not a UCLA is not a good team. They are not a good team. And you, <laughs> but UCLA is not a good team. They're really not. Every year they they're like, oh look, they've won a few games. Let's put them in the top twenty-five. They're not a good team. Do you think that Oregon State, or I guess, do you think Utah is better than seventeen for thirty-four for one hundred and ninety-eight passing yards, a touchdown, and interception? Do you think Utah's no. better than that? Not with their current QB, no. Did you see well, what Oregon good. State? That's since good. You watch it religiously. That's. Did you see their defense? I know. I, and, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me. But Utah doesn't have the offense. Does I think that, Oregon's. That's... Fred was from Oregon State. That was DJ Uagalele. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I think Utah's offense is a hell of a lot worse than Washington State's. I wasn't lying when I said I think Washington State might be the best team in the Pac-12. This isn't Utah versus Washington State, though. Oh, I know, but I'm giving. Uh, uh, I'm going based off the other games. I think. So, if anybody that listening is a betting man, <laughs> I want you oh. to take the look at Kyle's first four picks when we get there, and then fade each one, and you will win some money. Go Oregon State here, guys. So, to counteract that, just to read off stats, uh, Moore, the quarterback for Utah. He did go 15 to 35. The backup quarterback went 15 for 35 for Utah, right? He still had 234 yards pass. And a touchdown and an interception. So UCLA is a terrible team. They are. Uh, there's a reason none of us wait. Did Caleb pick UCLA last week? Yeah, I did. Some idiot did. Was it BB or Caleb? No, yeah, I got. I hope it's you. Got. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We we have to look. I got at it. This. I got it. I, I picked. I picked Utah. I know I did. Was, I think it was me and BB. It was him and. Who well, I was hoping it was you. I was hoping no. it was you, Kyle. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going Utah. I'm like I'm. I'm still kind of banking that like we ain't seen the best of Utah. And you, you said you said UCLA is a bad team. They're still ranked twenty second right now, which is crazy. Yeah, so I should not be ranked. I'm gonna go Utah, and especially like when Cam Rising comes back. Like Cam Rising's not gonna put up fifteen for thirty five. That it's and don't get me and don't get me wrong. If he comes back this week, they win. But I don't know if he's coming back. Do we know that yet? He was. There was reports that he were, and that he was getting ready for game time or like game. Uh, readiness i guess you can say but i think they're trying to figure out the right week to bring him back so um it might it might be this week since oregon state looks like a better team than ucla so but uh moving on uh now we have notre dame and duke uh kyle go ahead with your uh, yeah, notre good, dame duke pick. Good. I, want I can't wait to, i can't wait to piss y'all all off right here listen guys brother you just did <laughs> duke beat Clemson by 24 points first week. That's all I'm saying on that. I'm going to pick Duke to win this. Um, Notre Dame's coming off a really hard-hitting game. We've seen this in the past with teams coming off physical, big matchups. Next week, are always difficult for them. This is a huge trap game for Notre Dame, and I think Duke can do it. It's at Duke. I think they got the defense for it. I think they can do it. I'm going to go with Duke in this trap game right here. 
Um, Go ahead, Nick. All right. So, <laughs> you know, you, you made the good point about teams coming off emotional games. Um, and, you know, when you have a good team like this, so Notre Dame, Ohio State, obviously one of our game of the weeks, you always see the winning team come out next week and struggles. The loser comes out and puts it on someone. They're about to squash Duke. Um, Duke, the only reason they have any kind of prominence is because they beat, you know, uh, a top 10 Clemson at the time that we, you know, obviously see now that Clemson is a two and two team. Yeah. I mean, sure. That, that Duke win now is not nearly as surprising. So Hmm. no, Notre Dame is going to squash Duke. I I don't, I don't think that's a, I think that's still a surprising game, to be honest with you, Before you start pushing back, let the other two guys (laughs) disagree with you. Caleb, you go ahead, man. So, I'm going to say, so, you know, there's no such thing as moral victories whenever a team loses a game, but there is a damn sure such thing as pretty pretty losses and ugly losses. Notre Dame just had themselves a pretty loss. Um, it, that was a hard-fought game. Nick said it earlier. They did not get drubbed by Ohio State by any means. They made some mistakes at the very end, but all in all, that was a really, really clean football game. And Duke, they beat Clemson. Yeah, that's that's all well and good, but that was week one of the season. That was week one of the season, and we could argue that that was a fluke considering how Clemson was able to play against FSU this past weekend. So, yeah. you know, I'm, my argument is I think Duke is a bit overhyped right now because of that one win. Um, other than that, they played Northwestern, and who else have they played? Uh, Cal Poly Tech for the quadriplegic. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'll uh, – but uh, – Bottom line is Notre Dame, I, the Irish, they're, they're wanting to bounce back off of that. I think they're just going to go in there and just swamp the Blue Devils. I um, I agree. I think kind of like based what you like what Nick said, you know, like usually teams that lose an emotional game, they usually come out mollywop whoever they play. I think that's going to happen again. Um, I think that Notre Dame is in a – is in hyper focus mode now because they're looking at it as okay, we have to. We, I mean, they're, they're you can arguably call them a college football playoff contender. Um, and so now they're looking at how to get back in the college football playoff. Well, the big thing is going to be how do they respond to a loss? And I think they're going to come in there and respond really well, even if it's at Duke. I don't think it matters. Duke is a basketball school. So they're not playing in in Cameron Indoor Stadium. They're playing at whatever their field is called. So it's probably in the medical district over there at Duke. So I think Notre Dame is just going to walk in there, get a clean, big win by at least 17, and then look for the next week and look, see how they get in the the football playoff. You want to talk about basketball score? You and Nick got uh, Kentucky. The biggest basketball school there is. Listen. Brother, I don't even watch college basketball, and Duke is way more prominent than Kentucky. They're both the four big blue buds, uh, bloods. They're both in that discussion. Don't even. Uh, listen, Duke, great football team. Don't underestimate them. 
I think they catch them by surprise here. I think this is going to be an upset, a pretty big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, will say too, last last thing for me about this, uh, Notre Dame. I've always been very critical on Notre Dame. Um, I've always said, you know, oh, they haven't played anyone. I will say this is the first team of Notre Dame that I've truly actually saw, and I was like, you know, they really could be a contender. Um, Sam Hartman is, I mean, love Sam Hartman. Yeah, one of the Dude's most awesome. efficient. He, he is running, you know, he runs that offense very well. Um, this is the first Notre Dame team I can say in probably history that I've been watching football that I can truly say like, okay, they they have a very good team. Yeah. Um, and also, so gonna, by the I'm, way, Kyle, you played yourself. You picked yeah. Duke. Yeah, I'm a, I'm putting Duke times two by Kyle's thing, so it's going to, like, mark for twice. Um, well, five and a half point spread, by the way, on that game. Your daily double. <laughs> <laughs> and then our final game is South Carolina and Tennessee. Um, all right, so we all picked Tennessee. So we'll do what we normally do. We won't go into the details and spare the details, but uh, we'll talk about this. What does um, what does South Carolina do or need to do to win in Knoxville against Tennessee? Spencer Randall has to have a game. He, he has not played like he should all season. Spencer and if he doesn't Rattler. play again, Rattler, whatever. If he doesn't play like he's supposed to, they're gonna lose again. So uh, he better figure his stuff out quick. <laughs> hey, I know the first one's pronounced correctly. Yeah, for South Carolina to win this game, uh, they're going to have to do one thing, and that's one thing only, and that's going to be in the game with more points than Tennessee. Yep. Oh. <laughs> that's that's right. one great episode. <laughs> Nick, do you, do you want to God. give some insight or are we just going to let this spiral out of control? We're getting there. We're getting there very quick. <laughs> There's no shot. There's no shot for, um, for South Carolina. I think Tennessee wins and wins pretty easy. Yeah. South Carolina, I mean, again, the biggest thing that they have to do, um, they have to have at least 75 yards rushing and Rattler just kind of the same kind of things they have to do when they lost against uh, – Georgia that they didn't do same things that they have to do. Spencer Rattler has to play a great game. They have to contain Joe Milton from running, let him pass. Um, but again, I don't see that happening. Um, do you think, because I mean, up till last week, I, I don't know what the stat is now, but up until last week, Tennessee had the fourth like highest yards per game rushing in the, in the country. So do you guys think that, if they contain Joe Milton and make him make plays and make those passes, do you think that's going to make a difference or you do think it's going to hinder South Carolina? I don't think it matters, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I, again, I mean, the Gamecocks just do not have the roster. Um, to keep up they're not going to be able to stop the run they, they really won't be able to um the best chance that they can do is just to keep like do long drives kind of like what you said against georgia to keep the ball out of their hands um but i i think this uh tennessee is gonna kind of do um like we talked about last with uh 
Buffalo and Raiders um, is they're going to have these long drives without these huge explosive plays. Um, and they're going to just, you know, kind of march down the field each time. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that moves us out of our game predictions and it moves us into everyone's favorite or least favorite, depending on what country you're in, uh, segment of the week. It is Kyle's out of pocket, his oop pick of the week. Oop. Oop. Hey, got- guess what? Guess who did not cover last week? And guess who did cover? Um, I covered myself up when I went to sleep. Yeah, Georgia did not cover. Okay, so- against UAB. Sorry. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme of uh, the guy like popping a bottle of champagne, getting a medal, and then yes. <laughs> out and he's like standing in like eleventh place? Yeah. Congratulations. That's what that's what we're getting right now. Um so Kyle, go ahead and let, let's let's talk about your uh oop of the week. Yeah, so this one um actually two well known schools this year. I got Colorado covering against USC. Um USC last week, man, they did not look good against Arizona State. I stayed up to one in the morning to watch the end of that game. Arizona State almost pulled it off through the worst interception I've ever seen in my life. Uh, USC every year, terrible defense. Has not changed this year. Colorado, I think they're not going to win. I do think they cover. I think it's a lot closer 10-point game here. I think Colorado comes out, has a lot more to prove. I think Dion's going to get on their ass this week. I think they come out hot, but in the end, UCS comes out in a shootout, and they end up winning by 10. And uh Colorado covers. USC. <laughs> you said UCS. CJ Williams leads them to the win. This this is the last time Kyle drinks the better, the podcast. Who's the better? Who's the better quarterback? <laughs> CJ Williams or Spencer Randall? Yeah, this is the last time I drank during the podcast. Yeah, Mertz. <laughs> Man, that Caleb is something. Worser. Oh my god. So you so you think you think Colorado covers a twenty one and a half spread against USC? Yeah, I think USC is a very overrated team. Oregon, Oregon, Washington State, and Washington are your top three in the Pac twelve. USC, not so much there. Yeah. yeah. So you know, honestly, on this pick, I I think this is probably the most like grounded in rationality oop that we've had up to this point. Um, but. I still think you're wrong. I think I think Colorado bounces back after that drumming that uh, Oregon gave them. I don't know if I, I think they'll keep it close, not uh, somewhat yeah. relatively. Um, and I guess that finally moves us into our upset watch of the week. Um, we all were in agreement that Kansas and Texas is kind of an ups, uh, upset alert right here. Uh, Kansas is sneakily good, and yeah. Texas, you know, people are pulling out the horns. And then they're saying that we're back, and they kind of did look like they do. But is Texas going to Texas, and are they going to drop the ball against the Kansas team? They come out like they did against Wyoming, and Kansas is you know the Jayhawks are taking that. Yeah, yeah. um, they got a really good coach down in uh, Kansas with Kansas I right dare now. Lance. You to say his name. Lance is a really good coach. Um, he he uh, 
He's got that team shooting on all cylinders, though. Defense could use a little work. That's going to be the biggest issue here. But their offense, I think they could they could shock Texas, just like last year. Yeah. All right. Can well, you please say be... Steve Sarkeesian for me one time? Starkeesian, baby. Starkeesian. <laughs> Steve you know, Starkeesian. I feel like that's that's harder to say than Rattler. <laughs> I, I forgot his damn name for a second. He's been so trash, I don't Spencer have to remember Randall. his name. You were the one screaming Beamer ball at the beginning of the season. I like Beamer. I like saying that, man. Who's his quarterback? Randall. Uh, that, that guy that's supposed to go number one like three years ago, now he's trash. Might not even go first five rounds. <laughs> My screen, I am so watching <laughs> back on YouTube and taking a picture <laughs> All right, here. That's about to be the picture for the header for the. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna send that. Yeah, floats. Well, guys, oh. Jeb Board Episode Five podcast is over. The meeting is adjourned. Uh, everybody for listening. Make sure you guys listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We upload the videos to YouTube every week, Wednesdays at seven thirty in the morning. So that's it for us this week. Until next time, don't get hard counted. Fade all Kyle picks and you'll win a lot of money. <laughs> Trust me this week, you're winning it all, baby. Oh, man. He's drunk. Spencer Randall's <laughs> career is toast.